Welcome to the Perfect Human Diet Podcast. I'm C.J. Hunt, writer-director of the hit documentary, The Perfect Human Diet, and today continues with The Perfect Human Diet's companion book as an audiobook. Each audiobook podcast will be presented by chapter, and as you get to know me and have questions, just call them in via the Anchor FM website or app, and you'll get them answered in an upcoming podcast. The Perfect Human Diet, the simple doctor-proven solution for the health and the life you deserve. Chapter 5, Think Evolution, The Hard Evidence. We do not know how to eat properly. We feed ourselves, but we fail to give ourselves the proper nutrition. And after a while, it becomes cumulative. And that's when we start developing degenerative diseases. Gary J. Sawyer, Physical Anthropologist, American Museum of Natural History. As I was wrapping up the interview with Professor Aiello, she said, You know who you should go talk to is... Then she mentioned the scientists at the American Museum of Natural History's Division of Anthropology there in New York. Behind the scenes, the museum has a lab where they create forensic reconstructions of our ancestors based on fossils that have been recovered from various dig sites worldwide. She felt that this would be of particular interest to me because the reconstructions are built based on what the forensic reconstruction team knows about the foods these ancestors were eating. And because they know this, they are able to better approximate the size of the body, the shape, and details of the musculature and skin in order to produce more accurate recreations. As it turned out, the American Museum of Natural History was ready to open its new Spitzer Hall of Human Origins. If I could get permission from the museum, it would be a great location to shoot some footage of the artifacts, fossils, and reconstructions of the ancestors Professor Aiello and I had just discussed, including the museum's many dioramas depicting scenes from our ancestral past. More importantly, it would be a rare opportunity to get further insight into the becoming human story that could have beneficial applications for you and me to significantly improve our health and well-being. After several emails and phone calls, I was gratified to hear back from the museum press relations office approving my filming in the new exhibit. They had also arranged for me to interview Gary J. Sawyer, a physical anthropologist in the museum's Division of Anthropology. Mr. Sawyer had been involved in the development of numerous exhibits at the museum, specializing in the forensic reconstruction of our extinct relatives all of which are based on the most up-to-date evidence of where and how our ancestors lived. His distinguished career includes leading the team that created the first ever complete reconstruction of a Neanderthal skeleton. He and I decided to start the interview at a point where our early ancestor, Homo erectus, meaning upright man, was starting to incorporate more animal foods into their diet about two million years ago. As we walked over to one of the new dioramas, he told me, we're now going to take a big leap in time to what we call the early Paleolithic. Stopping a few inches from a large glass wall, he continued, We're now two million years into the past. What I'd like to point out is the environment where these people lived. All open grassland, what we call savanna. There are trees in the background, but it's very open, very dangerous territory for them. It was fascinating to see this often used scientific description of the savanna come to life in 3D, particularly from a team known for creating compellingly accurate representations. Mr. Sawyer explained some of the details of their lifestyle and also some of the physical similarities to modern humans that anthropologists have pieced together. Walking, they had a stride that was more like ours than those of earlier ancestors, and they ran like us as well. And brain power? Were these individuals as intelligent as you and me? No, they weren't, he said. But they probably had instincts that you and I have long since lost. 
One of the most interesting things about this moment in our history is that these ancient people, as primitive as they were, were already making sophisticated tools. We know they were primarily scavengers. Hunting behaviors had yet to be developed. To dramatize this for visitors to the exhibit, Mr. Sawyer and his team created a snapshot of what the Homo erectus couple's daily life was like on the savanna. In the diorama pictured above, you can see a man holding a primitive flint tool fashioned for cutting. He is distracted from cutting into the side of a freshly killed antelope by attacking predators, while at the same time his female companion tries to scare off the attack by these opportunists. Life was not easy in the savanna for our ancestors. Nevertheless, that environment provided exactly the nutritional elements they needed to keep our becoming human story moving forward. These people were now becoming more and more meat eaters, and we feel this had a great deal to do with the expansion of the brain. Our bodies evolved into the way they are now quickly. Our brain, that took a while to catch up. However, with a high-protein diet, that's what they had, that was the secret for encephalating or growing our brain and for the greater intelligence that we have today. Mr. Sawyer pointed out that the secret behind their brain growth was twofold. The leap they made from earlier ancestors' vegetarianism to an animal-sourced, higher-protein diet with the important addition of essential fats and cholesterol. They acquired that fat and cholesterol by cracking open the skulls of these animals to get to the brain tissue, which is high in cholesterol, and by breaking open the long bones to get to the marrow. His point was that already, two million years ago, early fossil humans were consuming meat and animal fats, and that momentous upgrade in nutrition made a big difference in our evolution and how our brains developed. We believe it made all the difference in our evolution. If we had stayed as vegetarians, in all probability, I wouldn't be speaking to you on this particular high level of intellect. Gary Sawyer. The Last Human During a short break in between shots, I took a look around the Hall of Human Origins to see what the Anthropology Division had gathered to illustrate and explain human evolution. The complete becoming human story. Our story can be seen in a rather complex tree representing our history. One of the most interesting displays showed a selection of the actual fossil evidence retracing the last two million years until it reached our time, present-day modern humans, or Homo sapiens. I didn't realize that we now know of 22 distinct species in our history, many of them coexisting in the world at the same time, and they are all now extinct. Present-day modern humans are the only ones that survived. In my opinion, it was a grand experiment by nature and natural selection, with you and me the final product. It was a matter of competition. It was a matter of natural selection. It was a matter of the environment. It was many factors that went into making us unique, different from all the others. Gary Sawyer. Evolution, the hard evidence. I asked Mr. Sawyer what was the most compelling artifact he has come across in his study of evolution and anthropology. A few minutes later, he returned with a small black box and placed it on a display table in front of us. As he opened the box, he said, What I'd like to do now is show you something that we call the hard evidence of human evolution. I watched him lift an ancient skull out of that box, and for just an instant, it looked to me like it might be a prop from a recent major Hollywood movie. It was fascinating, and over the next few moments, it became even more so. This ancient skull was here at the museum, and it wasn't a Hollywood prop. It was real. Continuing, he said, 
This is a fossilized skull approximately 2 million years old, in excellent condition. To find a specimen like this so perfectly preserved is telling us a great deal. These ancient humans left behind a record in the crust of the earth, and they're actually now beginning to speak to us. It's identifiable, so to speak, as a human skull. It's definitely part human, part primitive. We do see an expansion in the brain case, but nothing compared to the expansion in our brain case. As you can see in the picture from the film, the skull has very large brow ridges, which you and I have lost because our cranium has expanded considerably. Another easily noticeable evolutionary change is that our forehead has gone from low and sloped to straight up and down. It's just fascinating that nature has left behind the evidence, what we call the hard evidence, proving conclusively that at least two million years ago, there was a creature that was neither fully human, neither fully modern, but certainly on the road to becoming us. We have indeed evolved as humans. Curious. Modern humans. Mr. Sawyer then walked me over to another of the new dioramas, this one featuring anatomically modern humans. They were still very primitive at this time, but otherwise just like you and me. As you can see below, these modern humans are living in a cold tundra environment and have constructed a home that is made of mammoth bones inspired by an actual site. This couple is living roughly 30 to 40,000 years before the present. They are still making their tools out of stone and bone. No metal exists. Yet modern humans are advancing considerably, innovating clothes sewn with bone needles to protect themselves from the harsh environment and a primitive form of refrigeration, taking advantage of the frozen ground to bury meat for future use. This is just before the beginning of agriculture, just before a big change in human evolution. These are what we call anatomically modern humans, just like you and me. Identical in all respects, same form of intelligence, everything, However, they're still living in the Paleolithic, which means that their diet, so to speak, is lean meat, fish, any form of vegetation they could get, fruits, berries, nuts. Everything is coming from a world that was pristine, as opposed to a world today that is highly polluted. Gary Sawyer. Mr. Sawyer feels if modern humans had stayed in this pristine state, it's very unlikely that we would have the diseases we're seeing today. Their diet was simple. Lean meats, fats, internal organs, marrow, brains, and fish, and some seasonal plant food like fruits, nuts, and berries. This kind of diet, the foods they ate during the pre-agricultural age, was nutritionally superior. After that, our species starts to decline. My last question brought us back to what is a central concept in the becoming human story, and of my search for the perfect human diet. The foods that were available to them in nature, is that what helped move evolution forward? right? I believe so. Definitely. It was a struggle. It was survival of the fittest. And today, we are it. We are the end product of that long survival. Gary Sawyer. Thank you for listening to today's episode of The Perfect Human Diet. If you have any questions, just call them in and leave a message via the Anchor FM app. I'll answer it in an upcoming episode. If you're enjoying the podcast and audiobook, please be sure to take a moment and leave your raise and reviews, and also click subscribe so you don't miss any of the free audiobook. You probably already know leaving a review moves the podcast up the charts, helping others find and benefit from this podcast too. Until next time, this is CJ Hunt and The Perfect Human Diet.